0: Welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the Depressed for the Depressed. I'm Lindsay.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And the first question I want to ask is, Chris, how are you holding up?
1: I'm dead. <laughs> I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man talking. I'm I I just got done doing a 25-hour charity live stream for Los Angeles Redditors, uh, for the Extra Life Charity. Um which all goes to benefit Children's Hospital of Los Angeles.
0: How long have you been doing this?
1: This is my sixth year.
0: I'm very proud.
1: I, yeah. I'm very proud of you. We, uh, okay. we originally, are, when we start out every year, we always have our goal at $500. Mm-hmm. We like to set our sets kind of, you know, yeah. low-key. Blew through that before we even started the stream. So we crazy. got to 2000 at the beginning of our stream, and we were like, wow. well, okay, this is great. Um, cause our current, our last record was like 2038 or something like that. By the end of the stream, we had raised $4,500.
0: That's so excellent.
1: My mind was blown. Somebody donated like a thousand dollars at one point. We were like,
0: oh my what gosh. the fuck?
1: So I ultimately, I feel amazing because I'm like hyped up with like yeah. super positive energy. But I, s- <laughs> I, I, I just don't want to exist for like a day or two, but I can't because I gotta go work. So I'm just gonna,
0: just gonna,
1: just gonna be low key dead. You're doing great. I'm doing all right. Lindsay? Yes? How are you holding up?
0: I am doing very well. I am so glad to be back. I missed everybody. Oh, <laughs> I missed you too. Um, But yeah, I'm doing better than the last time I was on, I believe.
1: Which is Keeping great. I'm
0: busy, and I'm working a lot, and I'm meeting a lot of new cool people. Yay! Yeah. Self-care. Hooray! But you know what I'm stressed about? What? Elections! Oh, good. Because I have too much empathy, which brings us to...
1: Our topic tonight, which is going to be empathic fatigue, also known as I can't give a fuck anymore.
0: <laughs> we talked about this, Chris. <laughs>
1: yes, we did. But guess what? That's I don't just...
0: give a fuck anymore.
1: It's true. It's really true. So, it's...
0: what is empathy?
1: So, for those of you who feel things for other people, empathy is that you, you, you get a genuine sense of I care about this person. I feel for them. I feel what they're feeling, and I want something. I want good things to happen to people.
0: But what's the difference between sympathy? And
1: empathy. Sympathy is you feel bad for people, like, oh, that poor thing. Empathy is I want to help. I feel like it is an active as opposed to a passive. Way of feeling.
0: I've always thought of as empathy as being, um you know, how it feels, mm. and sympathy is like you said, feeling bad for how they feel. Mm-hmm. So you're more in someone's shoes when you're being empathetic. You can, yeah, that's, of, you know, if someone's really high energy and you're a really empathetic person, sometimes you get that energy from them and you get really energetic. Or, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's how, <laughs> is that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. I yeah. think. Yeah. I think it's a good
1: way of putting it. <laughs> I I will apologize in advance for my current (laughs) mental state being utterly exhausted.
0: That's fine.
1: So, so Lindsay's going to probably... I can carry
0: you to the finish line here. Lindsay's going to carry me to the finish line (laughs) on this
1: episode. That's for a damn sure. So, so yeah. So empathy, empathic people, we often find ourselves like really vicariously living through other people's shoes or in other people's shoes, as the phrase actually is, and and walking a mile or two in them. When in all actuality, a lot of the time, we don't necessarily feel like we want to, almost.
0: I think it almost, yeah, you feel almost out of control of it. It feels like, gosh, I'm just so sensitive, and I, um, I feel so reactive, like everything really affects me emotionally on a deep level, and if someone's going through something, I really have to go and be there with them because I feel it so strongly and I just can't. Or another example for parents is when let's say like your child has a test the next day and you take on their stress and don't sleep through the night because you're so stressed out about it. Yeah. And I think, um, it can be absolutely exhausting.
1: (sighs) Yes, it absolutely can. And as we talked about in our social media episode, that, that double-edged sword of social media presence It does kind of cross over into that, where you...
0: You're seeing so much.
1: So much misery, so much heartbreak, so many people out there getting hurt left and right by either decisions made by higher-end political figures. It's a feeling of helplessness, almost, where you want to do something, and you want to make life better for these people who are going through so much pain and torment, but you feel impotent yeah it's 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 devastating almost
0: i think i spent a lot of time especially when i was in my high school years and college years um just feeling like i had like that i was this uh ship without a captain basically and the waves were just everything that life was throwing at me Mm -hmm. and i couldn't steer it and i was really um I think, I guess the word would be unbalanced. And I think being empathy you know, being somebody with a lot of empathy is, is a great skill, but you have to learn boundaries and how to protect yourself and where to care. But that's really difficult. For example, like you were saying, with how much media we have, mm-hmm. because you're caring about your friends and you're caring about your family and then you have social media stuff and then you have news stuff and it's
1: yeah no it it's the thing where like I've had this conversation with my grandmother a couple of times where like she would talk about how things didn't used to be so bad or like she yeah. wouldn't hear about these kind of things. i'm like, yeah no it's it's the thing we know more about the life of somebody who's who i mean somebody whose life was ruined in South carolina
0: right
1: like I read a news story the other day that actually, like, made me have to, like, walk away, sit in a room by myself, and I just couldn't. Like, I just couldn't deal with how, how tragic and devastating, like, this one news article was.
0: I, you know, I feel like maybe in a way they're trying, (laughs) this might sound crazy, but it's like the news people are trying to get us to care less about certain, um political things sometimes Mm -hmm. because they throw so much at you after a while you just feel like you know what i (laughs) i can't hear anymore about this this is exhausting i have a lot of respect for people who really dig in deep Mm -hmm. to issues and then educate it because it's rare i have found being able to educate people without having your emotional bias come into it
1: absolutely it's almost guaranteed especially with things like of a political nature, that there is an emotional just energy that fills it up. And you're like, you know, like, for example, a lot of things that are coming up in a ballot issue in California, there's Mm -hmm. several that are very personal to me Mm -hmm. based solely on my interests. And so I'm very much a proponent of one bill or another bill and this, that. and, and, And I get fired up whenever I get like an ad and I get mm. them often. That's like, like on everything, n- man. Th- the complete opposite perspective. And I have to sit there and go, What the fuck, guys? Yeah. You're wrong. You're empirically wrong. And nothing really wa- makes me want to stand up in arms more than somebody who's just objectively wrong.
0: I do think that the way things are written mm-hmm. on the ballots can be misleading oftentimes. Yes. And it, it takes some digging. Yes, so... And then you've got feelings.
1: And then you've got feelings. So so how does this feeling, this this inability to to give a shit, this empathic fatigue, mm-hmm. how does it manifest in you?
0: I think it can lead to depression.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because I just
0: feel so inundated. Mm-hmm. I, I think a general withdrawing, and I think that's normal, you know, just kind of withdrawing from people and uh, news. I actually refuse to sit and watch the news. Oh, God, yes. Um, I would much prefer to read it in my own voice than, you know, I don't know. It's just something weird about watching newscasters say horrific things with a... Totally professional face. Like, oh, that's just so sad that 80 people died. Anyway, moving on to season, you know, six of the blah, blah, blah. And now for what? our fluff
1: piece on, oh, there are so many kittens that need to be adopted. Yeah,
0: I don't know. So, um, trying to, yeah, I just, I get kind of sad and I have less, and I, maybe I get cranky. This is hard, right? When you're trying to think of how do you react and being honest, like, oh, well, I withdraw. That sounds good. No, I think I'd probably become a little cranky and oh, short- yeah.
1: I, I definitely, when the the more news that I'm told, oftentimes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel myself just immediately just going, oh, fuck it. Fuck this. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I'm so fucking done. What? They're making a Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie? Fuck. Like, things like that, even yeah. like a little thing is just yeah. like enough, or I'm like, that, that. in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't fucking matter, but...
0: I think in work it can happen, too. Oh, yes. Where, especially if you have um. Um, and especially in projects where I've been in theater or anything, and you have like a really rough boss or somebody who's difficult in the cast mm-hmm. or um, a coworker, and then they just wreak havoc. And I can feel my other coworkers dreading something, or I then take that on. I feel like I have to make it better, and I think that must be a bound. That's probably a boundary issue, like trying to make other people happy because I'm not only a people pleaser, but I feel enormous amounts of empathy and I'm probably codependent, which means you control <laughs> other people's feelings. Because you want them to be happy.
1: Yeah. You want so. you want nothing more than to to make the lives of those in your life better. Yeah.
0: And I focus more on their feelings than on mine. And so that's something that I have to practice. What about you? How does it manifest for you?
1: I, I am I am very much an an angry kind of person in terms of like my when I get up in arms of something, I'm I'm definitely controlled by anger and there's nothing I can really do to stop that either. When, you,
0: when you're angry though, is it just like a feeling or do you like rant to somebody or how does it matter? I, I don't I,
1: I I will go on a rant, absolutely. Yeah. I don't I don't get physically angry anymore. Yeah. I used to. Yeah. And that was always something to deal with in and of itself, just because when you, when you get that kind of rage Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where you've, you've tried so hard to put on a good face and be logical and reasonable and that's not working anymore, you, you, you fall into that pit of, no, that's not going to happen. Fuck all of you. I'm done. Let's, let's fight now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, so, so no punching your fist through the wall. No,
1: no, thankfully, I, 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 I've not done that. I, not since I worked at uh, my last job, actually, mm-hmm. which was a long time ago, because that was a job that was very much dependent on. I was given a lot of autonomy, but I was given no support. So anything that could go wrong that would go wrong, I would immediately just have to go. Especially when it was something that was, like, dealing with one of the clients or Mm -hmm. something like that. I would have a moment where I'd have to just go, there is nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. As much as I want to do something, if I do do something, I will get in trouble for doing that something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't live having to fear consequences for doing the right thing.
0: Living in fear is a real problem, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... What I used to do to kind of combat these feelings is I would have to just either step away, mm-hmm. really just take myself and focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And I have to fo- I have to, I have to pick one thing to care about. Mm-hmm. I can't care about anything else for a while. I have to care about this one thing. And if I don't change that at all, uh then i can come back and go okay i'm caring about this one thing fine let's care about something else real quick and then i can care about two things and then three five ten whatever it is whatever the number needs to be inevitably it will always lead back to it but if you can control the number of things you care about
0: mm-hmm.
1: that might just be the best thing you
0: well, yeah. Well, to add on to that, I think you're not going to be useful to anybody if you're totally frazzled. No. Right? You no. have to take care of yourself.
1: Um can't take care of others if you can't take care of yourself.
0: Amen. I have to practice, um, well, I don't know if you, I guess like healthy self-care. So instead of binging video games to disassociate or... Um, Uh, movies or you know TV shows where you just kind of go off into La La la, Land I have to practice exercising physically get the stress and the emotion out and just be in my body instead of my thoughts
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: taking time to be really girly and leisure bath for me that works because for a long time I didn't really like have bubble baths or anything I was just wash really quickly and get to the next thing get to the next thing and always in my head and I wouldn't just sit and appreciate what I was doing in the moment and I think that's in a lot of meditative practices, you you just focus on one thing, like you're saying, or be in the moment. And practicing being in the moment is huge for anything. Yeah. Stress, anything. Practicing breathing. Mm-hmm. Um you have to learn to protect yourself yeah. emotionally because we are being inundated with enormous amounts of stuff. And they, they don't just Give you facts, mm-hmm. they often give you really emotional wording too. So, just like, horrible thing happened here to this poor, poor person, you know. Yeah,
1: evocative language evocative can be language. really disconcerting for anybody who's trying to be non biased, right? Or at least if you're trying to have your bias fulfilled, then yeah, you're gonna find rhetoric that's going to really dive home those feelings. And that's how we get extremists, that's how we get people who. Yeah really shouldn't be anywhere near the public sector and but as a that's result why, yeah
0: you need to have pra- uh, practice self-centering uh, centering, centering yeah. yourself yeah and as what a... does that mean that's different for everybody
1: yeah you were met you were talking earlier about um for like physical first aid versus mental first aid
0: yeah yeah so i was watching this really cool ted talk on uh how we were all raised from a very young age to know where the band-aid box is, right? Mm-hmm. Or to take care you fall down, you get a scrape, you fix it, you clean it because you don't want to get an infection. And mm-hmm. but no one is taught emotional or mental first aid. And which can be more detrimental, yeah. I think. You know, if you if you don't know how to handle something and you shove it down and you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and it festers, and then you end up having this horrific depression and You know, you go do weird stuff, and you don't know why.
1: Yeah, which would be so incredibly important for especially things like an empathic fatigue. But So so what's an example, per se, of like an emotional first aid bandage, let's say?
0: I would say uh, when you get more focused on what is the self-talk that you're giving yourself, are you, first of all, feeling your own feelings right now, or are you feeling somebody else's feelings? Mm. And if you are taking and you're like, oh, wow, I actually... How do I feel right now? Maybe I am okay, but I'm taking on their stress. It's like, okay, that's step one. You've already kind of taken out the band-aid box. Yeah. You know, step two is give yourself a little pep talk or something. Do something that is good for you mentally and emotionally. And I think that's, you can, if you need help with these kinds of things, which I often do because it's not natural. It's not intuitive for me to be a healthy, mentally, emotional person. I have to go on to certain books that are recommended to me or, um, YouTube channels that I find really illuminating that kind of fall in with things my therapist has said. Mm. And there's so many resources. So really reaching out for resources and then putting into practice what they are telling you to do.
1: That's great. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, it's something that seems so common knowledge it
0: should be it
1: should be just common knowledge but we don't
0: practice it we
1: don't teach it
0: yeah we, we don't teach how to um like those are your feelings but you can control your feelings you don't have to react in the moment you are in full control of how you handle things
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's absolutely true it's it's like we've said several times now it Emotions are yours. Behaviors are your choice, though. Yeah. Like, you can have your emotions, but your behaviors are uh, those you dictate.
0: But, you know, for a long time, I felt like not taking on other people's feelings was being self-involved. hmm I felt like, well, I was taught, I was raised in a religious household, and one of the things you're taught is to um, love others and, in a way, almost be more of servant to others and their feelings mm-hmm. and... Um, and that can, that can be difficult, I think.
1: Yeah, it absolutely can. I, I mean, there is also a kind of self-sacrificial element to it.
0: Yeah, like martyrdom.
1: Mm-hmm, that martyrdom is definitely something that can be, uh, incredibly difficult to handle. Because,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You feel guilty. Yeah. You feel absolutely guilty. Like, there's, the combination of, of, of problematic feelings that come from this empathic overload are... The helplessness, mm-hmm. the guilt, mm-hmm. the the sheer anger, almost mm-hmm. of both of those combined, mm-hmm. and the sadness, the overwhelming sadness. It it can be so. You feel like a dried out husk.
0: Which is why dark humor is really great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> gallows humor, guys. We need. Uh, We need it in our lives (laughs) because the alternative of gallows humor, and this is why, I mean, I personally, I don't know about anybody else, I personally, I hold gallows humor almost as reverent as like genuine conversation and, and being able to remove stigmas like Yeah, we need to be able to remove stigma to be able to talk about these kind of things openly. Mm -hmm. But we also need to accept that gallows humor is not something to 100% ban or be offended by. It's like we need this kind of thing to get by because the alternative is not moving past it. It's dwelling in the sadness. It's dwelling in how painful it is. Right. We don't. We don't get Instead relief. Of taking the power out. I think yeah. taking
0: power out of some dark stuff is good. Yes, and you can only do that with humor. I think.
1: Yeah, you can't. You can't remove the power of something until you're able to laugh at it. Like half of the that's time. A good, yeah, that's yeah. true. So, we found ourselves a uh, a website of uh, yes five sensitive way uh, five ways sensitive empaths can avoid emotional exhaustion. Hooray! Through Psych Central. We do love this site a little bit because they are a very good resource. And the link will be in the show notes, of course. But it's uh, the five things that we can do to avoid.
0: Let's see how many things we've talked about.
1: Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we uh, we didn't really go off of this list. But um, one, set boundaries in your romantic relationships. I think this is key not only to romantic relationships, but all relationships. All relationships.
0: But I think romantic relationships... If you think about it, are sung more about, uh, movies are made about. Yep. Show, I mean, books. There's so many romance novels, and everything can really be. I mean, think about the songs that you listen to, and how many are love songs, and how many of that is toxic relationship love songs. Jesus God, <laughs> like, yes. This is obsessive love. This isn't love, or this is a horrible breakup. This is abusive. What?
1: <laughs> or it's some other weird, you know. Some combination of the above, mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. not only is it toxic, it's also very selfish. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like I don't know, uh, what's it? What, what's that one song? <laughs> friggin' Jessie's Girl. It's like God, <laughs> that's a that's a horrible song. Yeah. If you listen to the lyrics, yeah. it's like no, dude, just let them be happy. Yeah, don't stick your dick in their relationship. It's bad.
0: I don't understand. Yeah, the whole obsessing <laughs> over somebody else's girlfriend.
1: It's, it's, un, it's, uh, anyway, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an aside. So, but yeah,
0: set so boundaries in your, so what does it say about that?
1: But they say, uh, when you start dating someone, everything feels wonderful. And this goes double for empaths. All those wonderful butterflies in an empath's stomach are multiplied because they're also feeling the butterflies in their partner's stomach. It is a rare treat and one to be savored. However, that deep connection created by the empath at the beginning of the relationship can become draining over time. Mm -hmm. Even when your relationship is doing really well, feeling your partner's feelings 24-7 is more than anyone should ever be expected to handle, especially if your partner is going through shit.
0: So this is something interesting because I have found my best friend and I suffer from this Mm -hmm. really badly because Mm -hmm. it also creates this really... (laughs) unfortunate thing for our partners that like they don't have emotional autonomy basically because I can read their emotions and feel them so intensely myself. They almost can't hide how they feel. And I'm like, yeah. well, what's wrong? What's going on? They're like, why can't I just feel bad without you sticking your nose in it? I just want to feel bad. <laughs> like,
1: it's it's a removal like, of emotional yeah, privacy.
0: Exactly. It's like. We all need that time just to feel bad or feel grouchy and not have somebody point it out to us because mm-hmm. it can make it so much worse
1: yeah oh god i'm I'm guilty of that too yeah i i'm I'm incapable of letting it go yeah God no because i i wanna i want to fix it, it. I want to fix, fix it, it. yeah it, And in wanting to fix it that's not always the best thing you can do
0: because sometimes fixing it is actually giving it space mm-hmm. If you think of your romantic relationship as a little baby plant, and you pour a little water on it, you give it a little sunshine, you give it rooms, no weeds in it, it's great. But then if you keep pouring water onto it, you will drown it to death.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So so the lesson here is, go hydroponic.
0: (laughs) All right. What's number two?
1: (laughs) Don't change who you are to accommodate other people. I am absolutely above all else guilty of this. Chameleon. I chameleon like a mofo.
0: What would be a good example?
1: So, all right. So to be the friend of an empath is an absolute honor. It means you have someone in your life who knows what you're thinking and feeling and will sometimes articulate it better than even you can. Ask your friends, empaths. They will surely agree. They're lucky to have you. That's very positive of them.
0: That's lovely, yeah. Uh, Good for them.
1: There are some people who won't value your gift. These are the people who will accuse you of being too sensitive or of being overly dramatic. Because of who you are, you might feel tempted to put a bushel over your bright light just to make others feel more comfortable. Don't do it! They aren't hiding who they are to make you more comfortable, so why should you do the same?
0: Okay, to be fair... Yes. I do think Mm. that there is something to be said for... um, As an empath being hyper emotional and you you can reel it in not for other people, but for yourself,
1: for your own sake, for
0: your own sanity.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I myself, when I, when I change who I am to accommodate other people, a lot of the times I'm adjusting my energy levels. If my people around me are feeling particularly low energy, Mm -hmm. I will accommodate by being a little more high energy. So I could like. Push things along. I will be more engaging.
0: I don't think that there's something... The whole idea of, like, never change yourself. You're perfect the way you are is, I think, bullshit. Yeah. I think we constantly need to be becoming better. And we do that by hearing what other people are telling us and changing that and accommodating. Like, hey, you're really a grouchy piece of garbage every time you read the news in the morning, maybe we can wait and read it in the middle of the day once you've had your coffee and maybe that will help, you know, just like little things like that.
1: Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I mean, for me, it it kind of boils over into like, you should always be wanting to improve yourself. Stagnation is the enemy of, of life. Yeah. You can't just live in the same place at the same time, doing the same things over and over again. You need variation. You need things to change. And you need to be able to take that criticism for yourself, for your own sanity, for your own improvements. Because what are we if we're not improving?
0: And how can we improve without people telling us stuff? Now, you can take everything that people say with a grain of salt, obviously. But the people who are closest to you and they give you a criticism... Maybe you aren't perfect. I don't know. And I think maybe <laughs> being accommodating could also, uh, you could consider it being um, flexible or, uh, oh God, I can't think of the word.
1: Compromise. Compromising.
0: So if you compromise, that's, that's what you do in relationships is you compromise. That's yeah. part of the dance of becoming a more mature person. No, because you yeah. However... Yeah. They're right about, like, not changing yourself to be liked by people.
1: Right. Right?
0: There's this balance. I don't know how to explain the It's a balance. Balance.
1: Yeah, it's a balance of you need to know, first off, who you are. Yeah. Deep down inside, be true to yourself. What do you ultimately want? And if your answer is, I want what they want, there's a problem. There is an absolute horrible problem that is addressed in actually this next part end a relationship if you have to end it this is something that as you i've gotten older i've found to be incredibly important Mm. because there are so many times in life where you stick with somebody because of history you have Either time spent with this person, or their family, or you feel bad because they they push everyone else away, so you you feel a duty and a responsibility.
0: Or you hope that things will change, like it's almost perfect, it's almost there yeah, there's so long. Or
1: there's something there that makes you think that they can turn it around, but they just keep going year after year without doing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to know... When the time comes for you to say, enough is enough, I don't need this person in my life, and I want to move on.
0: Stop dragging that dead horse around. Let it go.
1: You have to be able to do that, for, if not for yourself, for that other person. Because at that point, when you're in a toxic relationship, and we're going to get into this real quick, when you're in a toxic relationship you always might have that feeling of they love me i i i know they love me no matter what they do at the end of the day they love me and that and that can be so addicting to be a part of you you want so badly to be loved and everybody wants to be loved everybody wants to be cherished and respected and and if you're not getting cherished or respected and all you're getting is, quote-unquote, love that might not even be love. It might just be abuse. It might just be being taken advantage of. You have to know when to say no. Well, you have I think to... it's hard
0: when you're an empath, like you're saying, yeah. is because you will take on this emotion of of your partner, and you think, well, they're upset. They're... Or I understand why they're angry and upset. I mean, I get that. Or, you know... Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I screwed up. I
0: screwed up. So, like, I get why they did this and that. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. you've got to end it. It's hard when you're an empath because you also know that you're going to feel the upset and the anger when you do the breakup.
1: Oh, God, yes. That's
0: really hard for me.
1: You're going to feel the upset, the anger, the guilt. You're going to feel, like, everything that you've done up until this point. And and something that I've heard a lot of is, like, especially from people who have put time into a relationship, like, years or a decade or more, where they're like, well, that's just so much put into this. I don't want to lose that. It's like...
0: But you're going to lose so much. Yeah. Like, you're going to... Yeah. But You have
1: have much more potential to lose in the rest of your life than what you've already put in. Yeah. You've not hit the point of no return.
0: And if you don't know what's going on, but you feel exhausted all the time in a relationship, the good thing to do is, number four, figure out what drains you.
1: Yes. (sighs) Everyday exchanges can be revitalizing for empaths, or they can be draining. Keep a journal and record how the activities in your life make you feel. Yes, journal. That is a really good point. And I'm actually going to uh, bring up the two apps that I've been using. Talk about it. To talk about that. Because um, we talked, you know, a few weeks ago. uh, I think it was the social media episode as well. Mm -hmm. About the applications that we were testing out Mm -hmm. to see how they were working. And the two that I've been using have been DailyO, which is just a once a day. How are you? It's got little happy faces. It's got little, you know, a big old happy face. He has a smaller happy face, a meh face, neutral face, a neutral face, sad, and then a just bleh face. Yeah. And you can pick one. Like today, right now, I'm doing good. So I'll click good. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Gives you a whole list of various activities you've been doing. Mm-hmm. You can make notes afterwards and then you're done. Mm-hmm. So after you do that, you can go back. And go over the various things that have been going on and be like, well, okay, so here's my pattern. Here's what was going on at this point. What was I doing? Who was I with? Here are the notes I took. And it's a once a day thing. Takes less than two minutes. To finish out. That's
0: awesome, because I've always wanted to be good at journaling, but I'm just not... I have a thousand journals that are a third or half full. Mm -hmm. So what I actually started doing was, before I looked into the apps, was I just started taking voice uh, journaling. So I would just record myself with the memo, the voice memos on Mm -hmm. my phone. And listening back to them is incredibly (laughs) illuminating. Oh, I believe
1: it. (laughs) Um, That's phenomenal, though. I'm I'm so... I know for a fact that if I were to try (laughs) doing that, I, I just...
0: It's great. I like hearing it because I can hear my tone and it's Mm -hmm. when I record them, it feels like I'm talking to somebody. And so I get really, I I like it. It's great. Um, But I think when you're, yeah, you have empathy. um, It's difficult to know what drains you. Mm -hmm. So figuring out even how to figure out what drains you. So that's why journaling is great. Doing voice memos or having an app.
1: Mm -hmm. The The other app that I was using was Mood Path. Which I think I talked about before, you did. and uh, the further now that I've gone into it, um, the better it keeps getting. Is because so it keeps it asking like me, keeps asking me little questions once, like every mm-hmm. every like three or four times a day.
0: Are they the same questions or are they, they vary? They
1: mm-hmm. vary, but they kind of cater themselves to how you are answering the previous set of questions. That's very interesting. So it's like for like a game, ex- for example, do you have less or no appetite today? I do not. Did I sleep badly last night?
0: I slept not at all.
1: I didn't sleep at all. But then it gives you, I say yes. Then it gives you, how does, how much does this affect or burden you? It's oh. a scale of one to four. So I would say a four. It is definitely fucking my head in. Are you feeling down and sad? No, I'm feeling okay. Then I have the happy face things mm-hmm. again where it's like, are you feeling moderate? Bad, very bad, good, very good. And they always change his positions, which I find interesting because you can't just be like, you can't just robot your way through it. You have to be paying attention. Clever. Moderate, I would say. And then you have your emotions. It has a little positive on the top, negative on the bottom. So I'd be like, ah, I'm lonely and numb and tired. But on the positive, I'm enthusiastic, relieved, and proud. So then it would be like your experiences. I had a good time with someone, I had an achievement. Uh, I have emptiness or boredom. So I would then add my thoughts to that and be done. And then it would track all of them in a two-week period, after which you get your results for each period. And my last result, I had indications of a mild depressive episode. On my second, though, I had indications of a severe depressive episode.
0: It's very interesting going through your records.
1: Yeah, and then it shows your symptoms, everything like that. So, highly recommend both of these apps. I know I've talked about them before, but... Do you
0: prefer one over the other?
1: I think the thoroughness of Moodpath is more rewarding for my particular needs, but Dalio is just simple. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say test them both out, see which one works better. Are they both free? Dalio is free, Moodpath, I believe... Costs money, but I forget how much.
0: Okay. Well, you guys can look it up. You guys can look
1: it up. You guys have agency. Um, The last. The last, and certainly not the least, though. Prioritize time for yourself. Yes. You really, as an empath, you will feel, again guilty you will feel well you'll feel rejuvenated (laughs) yeah you'll feel rejuvenated when you take the time for yourself and you really give yourself that agency to take care of yourself and Mm. feel good about taking care of yourself but you will feel guilt
0: and when they say take time for yourself that's not like i'm gonna go on a video game and talk to my friends while i'm playing video games this is like be completely by yourself go on a walk alone where you're not going to talk to anybody mm-hmm. read a you know just be alone with yourself and let yep. yourself kind of you know mm-hmm. settle into yourself
1: and i like last i like the last bit of advice that this particular article is giving and i feel it's very important and i know that we've said it ourselves before the most important piece of advice Is this, keep on feeling everything you feel and don't let anybody tell you it's wrong or weird. Correct. And don't feel bad for it. That is so incredibly important. You, everything that you're feeling is something that is true to you. Yeah. And cannot be taken away, cannot be replaced. Yeah. You are your own person.
0: I would also go a little further and say you don't need to tell anybody what you're feeling no and you should choose carefully who you speak to about those things because somebody might be like oh why are you feeling that way and they put you down and because you have a lot of empathy and you are being vulnerable it'll be too much so be wise yeah with whom you share your feelings
1: (laughs) it is very (laughs) it, it can be dangerous out there just it's a world full of people yeah, who people all don't mean
0: to. A lot of people no. don't have as much empathy. I mean, everyone is so incredibly different. All of mm. our human experiences vary. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know,
1: just be just be good to yourself, man.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> well, uh
1: before we before we head out, um
0: I wanted to talk about a really fun book I have been enjoying, and the first chapter is free, so if you just want to read a sample, which I actually just incredibly enjoyed I read it while I was in an airport and I've been listening to the audiobook. It is called the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson.
1: <laughs>
0: and the reason I like it so much is because it really talks about when you just care about so many different things and you really get caught in the loop of, um, like wanting to be happy. And that makes you unhappy because you're realizing how not happy you are by saying yeah. like, I'm not happy. Or you give too many fucks away, right? Yep. When somebody says like, wow, George just doesn't give a fuck. You don't think of somebody who isn't somebody who's caring. You think of somebody who's like strong and really knows what they want. So it's about picking and choosing what to care about and going after that with gusto and just being in the moment. And it's okay to not be happy all the time. We aren't meant to be happy all the time. And to sit and ruminate about why we're feeling why we feel Mm
1: Which is amazing, and I'm going to read the hell out of this. It's a
0: great book. It's and it's hilarious. He like one of he, one of his examples is talking about while he was on acid, and another one is like he brings in a bag of burritos as an example of something. I mean, it's really hilarious. Um, self deprecating humor.
1: That's beautiful. And
0: yeah, there's you know free samples online. Sometimes you just need to read something like this to get you out of your head. Mm -hmm. And I recommend it.
1: That is absolutely fantastic, and there will be a link, uh, in the show notes for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as our links for our Instagram at Hey Who Podcast, uh, like the Facebook page. If you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at up dot com. And vote. And vote, guys! If you are an American, uh, tomorrow, uh, when the podcast, uh, the day after this podcast is released, is our midterm elections and above all else, go out and vote
0: regardless of your beliefs. It is so important that we vote.
1: We need to be able to vote while we still can. Cause there will be a time when the robots take over and then when they don't, it won't matter anymore. Cause we'll all be in the matrix,
0: but truth. <laughs> it's all an illusion. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> thank uh, you so much for listening. Thank you. I missed you guys. And I'm glad that we're, we're back or I'm back.
1: Yes, Lindsay's back, and she's back for keeps. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us to just, just get, get over it.
0: it.